Hello guys. Today I want to talk to you about, you know, the, the high priest. You know, Jesus is the high priest. You know, what's uh, fascinating about, you know, the whole concept of having the high priest is um, when you look back in um, Leviticus, Leviticus 17 verse 11. So back then, anytime the Israelite committed sin, they had to make an atonement for their sin. So in Leviticus, <clears throat> it talks about the significance of blood in the sacrificial system. So God spoke to Moses. He told he, he told Moses, for the, for the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourself on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So a sacrifice is defined as the offering of something precious, you know, for like a cause or a reason. So when you make an atonement, it just is satisfying something, someone or something that is like, you know, an offense was committed. So you making that, that um, atonement by um, doing that sacrifice. So, for example, if you hurt somebody, and so when they sin against God, the reason they choose to, um, you know, they'll sacrifice sometimes a goat or a ram, you know, before God. So just like in any type of relationship that you're in, if you wrong somebody, you have to do something to kind of atone for what you did to them. For example, if a husband is, um, you know, he commit, let's say a husband commit adultery on his wife, right? And so he could come and say, honey, I'm sorry, what, what I did was wrong. You know, that's fine. The first thing he has to do is seek God's forgiveness first. You know, get down on his knees and ask God for forgiveness. And if he's a born-again Christian, he has the Holy Spirit living in him. So Jesus' blood sacrifice will apply toward that sin. So, but still, even though he committed, uh, even though he he asked for forgiveness, you know, even though you know the Lord will forgive him for that sin, but for every sin that we commit, there's always the consequences, sometimes far-reaching consequences. So now, since that man committed adultery, that's gonna create for so he breaks. He, he, so that was, that's the reason why the Bible says adultery is a major, is a major, is a very serious, grave sin. Because what what it does is um, adultery. When a husband and a wife get married, they become one. So that's the reason why the Bible said that. We should not um, fornicate or have any sex outside of marriage because God wants you to be one with that person. So if you have sex with a, a prostitute or, or somebody you're dating, you're not one of that. You become one of that person, regardless whether you like you like that person or not. So 
that's God's law. It doesn't matter. You cannot change that. Anytime you you have sex with anybody, you become one with that person. It could be a prostitute. It could be some somebody you meet for a one night stand. You know, there are consequences for those actions. You know, it's gonna leave you empty inside. Is uh, is is you know the brokenness. So, sexual sin is one of those sin that, you know, is very, is very um, harmful. It's very harmful to to, to everybody involved. Um, so you may not see the result. So you may you know like you may not see it like in the immediate future. But over time, if you keep living that lifestyle, it's gonna have an impact on your relationship. You will be able to, when you date somebody, you're only gonna date them for how they look, how their body is. You're not really gonna get to know that person. So basically, you're just gonna use that person just to satisfy your sexual lust. So it's, in God's eyes, it's very, um, it's very impure, it's very unclean. So that's the reason why sometimes when people break, break up and then they just, they have that soul type of that person. And that's the reason why, even though they may not be in love with that person, they still something, they still missing that person. They're missing that sexual connection. But it's not, that's not the way God designed it that connection that you have with that person was ungodly. You know, you guys were just satisfying your your um your lust and then you got attached. Well, you're supposed to get attached because that's the way God designed people. Once you have sex you become more of that person. But that person is not attached to you, they just move on to the next person. So when you do that, that's that's usually what happened. So like I was saying with um, with Jesus being um, you know, with Jesus being the yeah. So like I was, I'm sorry, like I was saying. So as a blood um, sacrifice, so the Israelites, um, so they they will atone for their sin. So, but they know that you know the Israelite was expecting they know a Messiah is gonna come because they know when they Commit when they do a sacrifice to God, it was just a temporary. So everything they was doing was just foreshadow uh, what's coming ahead. You know what's ahead. Um, it was just foreshadow that you know of the Savior, the coming Savior. So because the coming Savior, Christ, He's gonna be died on the cross. He's gonna be the sacrificial lamb that God will accept. So everything that the Israelite was doing was only temporary. So that's important to that's important to remember that. Okay, so it just it just symbolized. Um, so if you if you if you look at Hebrew nine verse eleven to eighteen, it confirmed the symbolism of blood as life. So blood is life, and um, to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. Uh, it states clearly that the Old Testament blood sacrifice, you know, like I said, it was only temporary for sin partially um, and for a short time. 
So, and and so that's that's what's important. And another thing about Christ is that, you know, he's also referred to um, as many names. So Christ is referred to as the Messiah, the Savior, Son of God, Son of Man, Friend of Sinners. Um, but one of the most important thing that he he was known as is the as the high priest. So you need to understand what um, how important the high priest, like that title, you know what that title means. So so it means that um, so the high priest is someone who's holy and set apart to perform those services. So just like um, when we go back to Genesis 14, um, when, yeah, so Abraham, you know, they consider, they called Abraham the friend of God. He entered into battle to rescue his nephew Lot. So Lot had been captured by the army of Elam. On his return, Abraham was met by uh, Melchizedek. Uh, he was the king of Salem and, and priest of the Most High God. So this man, whose name means uh, the kings of righteous, he blessed Abraham and the Most High God who gave victory to Abraham. And in return for this blessing, Abraham gave tithe, 10%, of all the spoils of war to, to Melchizedek. So by this act, Abraham acknowledged Melchizedek's high position as the priest of God. So when, um, you know, like years later, when Abraham's great-grandson, Levi, he was singled out by God to be the father of the priestly tribe, when the law was given to Mount, or when the law was given to Mount Sinai, um, so like the Levites, they were identified as the servants of the tabernacle. So, you know, the family of Aaron uh, becoming the priest, the priest, <laughs> excuse me, the priest were responsible for making intercession to God for the people by offering the many sacrifices of the law required. So, you know, according to the Torah, so the priest had to make the sacrifice before God, before Jehovah. And so God could accept the sacrifice and forgive those people of their sins. So sin is such a big deal that, you know, that's why they had to do that, you know. So it just just remember, guys, do not take sin lightly. Just it's a struggle, you know, it's not easy. But we have to find a way to live a holy life, a godly life, because that's the only thing, that's the only way we could, we could make it into heaven. We have to try. You know, we will fall. We're not always going to get it right. But we have to fight. We have to keep fighting because we need eternal life. We have to fight the good fight. And, you know, I think in Ephesians, Paul says toward the end of his life, you know, he fought the good fight. He kept the faith. You know, Billy Graham said being a Christian is not easy. You know, isn't that the truth? I mean, I know that in my life, there's nothing easy about being living a, a holy or godly life. It's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. But that's the way God wants it. God wants you to set you apart. You know, do not envy other people 
you know, somebody have driving a nice car, they, they have a lot of money, they have, they are very, you know, beautiful, the guy's handsome, or they, you know, they are, they have so much prestige, and a lot of people um, know them, and they're famous, and all that is nonsense, guys. A lot of those people are not living godly life. You know, a lot, a lot of your celebrities, you know, not just celebrities, just most people that you know are not honoring God in their life. They may not be evil, but they do not, <coughs> excuse me, but they do not have time for their creator, you know? And that's the sad, that's the most tragic, the, the most tragic thing about life, about people, is that they fail to, you know, cultivate a relationship with their savior, you know? And then that's what leads to their doom. You know, it's, um, you know, somebody could be like in the 70s and they're at the casinos and they're trying to, they think like they're going to live forever. And then they're just traveling, having a good time. And then next thing you know, boom, they drop dead. So the thing is with that is that the enemy blind them spiritually. Okay. So what happens after a while when you start rejecting God? And every time you try and get you to repent of your sin, you keep rejecting them. So eventually, because the Bible says God will give them away to their sins. And then the Bible also says that your sin will find you out. So what God does is he, he turned them over to their sin. And then their heart become hardened. You know, I talked to people in the late 60s, 70s. They want nothing to do with God. So how can you expect somebody like that to go into heaven? You know? Every time somebody dies, it says, oh, yeah, that person's in a better place. They're smiling down from heaven. But is that really true? I mean, it, it makes us feel good, but is that true? You know, you cannot live your whole life, you know, and not have any time. You, you have nothing to do with God, no fellowship whatsoever. And now just, you know, you died, you know, and then the pastor saying you're you're in a better place or your family thing in a better place. It does not work like that. You know? It wouldn't make any sense, right? So how would you how would God be fair that somebody who got saved when they're in their late thirties and then they spend their whole life being faithful to God and then that person live a godly life to the best of his ability? I mean, he, he turned away from his sins, he obeyed the Lord, and then that person died. And then you have another person who their whole life, it's all about them. They don't have time for God. They, um, you know, they just try to make themselves happy. And then you expect that person to go to the same place as the other person that's obeying to God. I mean, people is gonna believe what they wanna believe. Right? You want to believe that. That's fine. You can believe that. But that's not the truth. You know? It's kind of like if I go to work and then I show up late, I don't clock out, I just go home, and then I'm, I'm, I never clock out, and then I just, you know, I'm trying to cheat the system, you know? And then they, they, the company's thinking that I'm working, but I'm really not working. I'm actually home. And then when I when I when I am at work, I'm not answering the phone. I'm not paying attention. I'm just I'm on my computer. I'm texting. I'm just doing. I'm watching YouTube videos. So now, 
when I die, okay, somebody like that, you know, that have no regard or no, you know, don't care about his job. And then you expect that person, you know, to go into heaven, you know, person their whole life wants nothing to do with God. But now they died, they're in a better place. Okay? Sin will not, you cannot enter heaven with sin. You know, sin is a big deal. Like to us, we don't think it's a big deal because we're not holy. Okay? God is holy. God hates sin and God is black and white. Sin will not, um, he will not turn a blind eye to sin and he will not let sin go unpunished. You know, no one is good. You know, it doesn't matter if the person volunteer, the person have the poor, the person have the homeless, the person is always nice, the person have a good heart, they want everybody to be treated equally. That's great, but that person still have sin, okay? You guys are missing the whole point, okay? No, there's not enough good that you're gonna do that's gonna please God, okay? The only sacrifice you accept is Jesus' death on the cross. He doesn't accept anything else, absolutely nothing else. You cannot please him, okay? As a matter of fact, the Bible says, um, you know, those who obey God, who does good works, they are unprofitable servants. So what the Bible means by that is that we should not place trust in our good works. <clears throat> That's not what's saving us. What saves us is faith and obedience to Christ. You cannot say you love Jesus and not obey him. Okay, it's like saying you love your wife, but you come in adultery all the time. You're cheating on her and you're abusing her. That's not love. Okay, the Bible also says every time you, um, in Hebrew 10 verse 29, uh, let me read that to you guys. Um, Hebrew 10 verse 29, how much sorrow punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and had counted the blood of the covenant worthy he was <laughs> he was sanctified an unholy thing and had done despite unto the spirit of grace. So basically what that verse says <clears throat> we cannot take advantage of the Lord because he died on the cross for us, and then we, you know, we just don't care. <clears throat> we say, well, look here, let me just continue sin. He's going to forgive me anyway. Hebrew, Hebrew 10 verse 29 says, the punishment would be worse. If we sin unwittingly, and you ask the Lord, you seek for forgiveness. But if you just want to sin, just to sin, you have to be careful, guys. You have to be careful about sin, because death comes when you least expect it. So many people died in their sleep. So many people died in their early 20s, 30s, 40s. I mean, I think one of my childhood friends died when he was 28, you know, in a car accident. So we have to be ready for death at all times. Remember Jesus says that, um, you know, it's like you have to know when, when, when the you know when the groom is coming, I don't have that verse in front of me, but essentially what he was saying is that 
you have to be ready. You know, you have to be ready at all time. You have to keep your lamp. You have to like, you know, keep your lamp lit. You know, so it just this world that we live in. It just when I think about it, you know, it's hard. You know, ninety nine percent of people you meet, or ninety ninety percent, or even higher than that, are not saved, are not seeking God. There are people that was born in in poverty. They had a hard life. They seeking God. There are people that was born in a wealthy household that have everything. They want nothing to do with God. So it doesn't matter about your circumstance. It doesn't matter about how you were brought up. There are people there are, for example, Joyce Myers. Joyce was raped repeatedly by her father. Joyce is a is a televangelist. Now you may not agree with some of her um, teaching, but she's she's saved. You know she belongs to Christ. You know, and that's my point. Doesn't matter what you've been through. Yeah, you might be angry with the Lord. I've been angry with the Lord. You know a lot because some of the things I've been through in life. But at the same time, He's faithful. And he, um, you know, he protect me. He protect me. You know, he's always there for me. You know, it just, but we have to realize that, guys, no matter what we do in this life, if we do it without Christ, it's meaningless. It's meaningless. Because 100 years from now, <clears throat> nobody's going to care who you are. Nobody's gonna care even if you live. Nobody, nobody's, nobody's even gonna know your name. You know. I mean, it's just nobody cares. You once you die, you know. Let's say right now you're like a famous celebrity, like Michael Jackson was among one of the biggest celebrities who died, but he died. I think he been dead for eleven years. Once you're dead, you're dead. Your life move on. You know, they have a funeral, they put you in the grave, and everybody just go back, you know, doing them. Everybody just go back um, to work. Some people might take two weeks off for whatever reason, and they go back to work, and they move on with their life. And you're in the graveyard by yourself. So that's the harsh reality of, of life, right? Nobody really cares. A lot of people, as a matter of fact, they are happy when you are not doing very well. Like, if they're doing better than you, like I said, like the saying goes, misery loves company. So they love it when they are doing better than you and when you're begging them, asking them for money and trying to ask them for help. And they have that hypocritical love for you and they have that, you know, pitiful, you know, they, they have pity upon you and it just, there's a lot of fake love out there. A lot of fakeness. You know, people you think I really love really don't. You know, very few people in this life is gonna love you no matter what. You know, sometimes it's your parents, but sometimes your parents are not. You know, it's not always your parents. There are parents who are bending their kids, who mistreat them, who kick them out of their house. So, you know, they will abandon you. You know, your friends, some some people that you believe is your best friend, 
What just watch if she start making more money than them, if she buy a bigger house than them, you know, if she send your kids to a more expensive school than them, some of them would be okay, that's great, they'll be happy for you. Those are those those are the kind of rare people that you know, they kind of rare. But a lot of people are not gonna be so happy that you're doing better than them. For if you, even your co-workers, you were working and then you get promoted to a supervisor. I, I seen it with my own eyes. People are, they get jealous of you. You know, they get jealous. So do not live your life trying to please people. There's not one person on this earth that's worth pleasing, but your creator, your creator. Your creator is the only one that's worth pleasing. You know, I mean, you could, even your parents, should not try to, you should do things for them, but you should love them, obey them, like the Bible says. But at the same time, you should not be so consuming, you know, so with your time to try to make them happy. You need to be concerned more about making your, your God happy, about making your Lord happy, about pleasing your, your, um, <clears throat> your God about pleasing Christ, okay? Christ is <clears throat> Christ is the only thing that's stopping us from going to hell when we die, you know? <clears throat> God cannot allow, we cannot get into heaven unless we go across the bridge, unless we go through Christ. You know, he is life. It's offensive too, right? To, you know, me being a me being a, a minister, I know how tough it is sometimes. Sometimes I get distracted. You know, I get distracted because I'm watching too much secular programming. I'm watching too much secular programming, and um, I feel like the spirit is telling guy, okay, think you watch enough. You know, because sometimes we get distracted, you know, because we have a feeble mind, we have a frail mind. And that's the reason why we need a good shepherd. We need a good shepherd because the wolf is going to destroy us. The, the, that's, that's why he calls us the sheep, because the wolf will destroy the sheep without the good shepherd. You know, once the wolf sheep a good shepherd, he's not going to do anything. He's scared of the good shepherd. He's scared to death, you know, because the shepherd could kill him at any time. So that's 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 it, guys. We have to um, if we don't submit to Christ, who can protect us from this enemy? I mean, yeah, you could live your life, everything's going great, you're rich, you're successful, everything's fine, and then you know, and then boom, you drop dead, just like that. You know, or far, or you just live a life. You live in your seventies, your eighties. You spend your whole life. <laughs> you want nothing to do with God. Since you didn't want nothing to do with God your whole life, now you're gonna spend eternity away from God because you never seek Him. You know, He cannot force you to heaven. It wouldn't be fair. You know, just just like you know, I used to do that when I was a kid. I used to. I think we all do that at some point when we try to. Um, Make somebody a girl or a guy like us. Can't do that. Cannot do that. Because it's not real love. You know? If she 
she could pretend to like you. It'll be like a pity love. It's not a real love, you know. Love comes naturally. Love comes, you know, without force. You cannot force somebody to love you. So if somebody doesn't love you, you have to move on. You have to move on. And, you know, so that's why I wanted to talk to you guys tonight. And I had some, um, I wanted to get, you know, go over some other, you know, topic. And, but I guess I'm going to have to make another recording. But I just want you guys to know that you are in a fight for your life. You are, you are in a fight for eternal life. This enemy is so strong. You know, me being saved, me reading the Bible every day, I get attacked constantly. He's on my tail. He's after me. The enemy haven't given me a break for years. You know, I know I have to go through that because the Lord have a bigger purpose for my life. I know my mission in life. I know why I'm here. You know, unfortunately, a lot of you guys don't. Tonight, or whenever you hear this uh, podcast, I want you to get down to your knees and ask the Lord, what's your purpose? Why are you here? You know, am I, am I you know, what, what do you want me to do, Lord? Okay? Thank you, guys. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. If you guys want more information about my ministry, go to jesusdaughters.org. That's jesusdaughters.org.